When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. I am going to, we're going to have so much fun today. I am so delighted with my guest. We, it's going to be such a great topic. And so please join me in welcoming Mark Mears to our program today. Welcome, Mark. How are you? Deb, I'm doing great. Um, Thank you so much for the invitation to join you. Um, This is going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. Is it is, and you know, in the pre-show, we were talking a little college smack, a little college football, um, because you're a KU person, and I'm, of course, Rock a CU shot. Buffs, and you know, and and we're going to be back to playing each other again, and this is going to be so much fun. We love it, right? We love those old rivalries. Long live the Big Eight, Twelve, Sixteen, know, whatever it whatever is. Whatever the anymore, heck we are, we're, we're just going to be big. We're glad big. the the Buffaloes are going to be roaming again in Kansas. They are. We should bring Ralphie out. You know, let's let's have Ralphie take on a Jayhawk. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure would, I know who'd win. I don't think it would end well for the Jayhawk, <laughs> but we we would have to learn how to fly real. This quick. is true. This is true. So, but it's such fun. So, like I said, you know, we're going to have a great conversation today. So, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we'll get back to into the meat and potatoes of this. Sounds good. So Mark A. Mears is a number one best-selling author, keynote speaker, consultant, and visionary business leader. He has a significant track record of building stakeholder value, driving innovation and profitable growth among world-class, high-profile brands. Now, listen to these folks, such as PepsiCo Pizza Hut, McDonald's, Frito-Lay, JCPenney, NBC Universal, and the Cheesecake Factory. Today, Mark serves as founder and chief growth officer for Leaf Growth Ventures, LLC. And as I said, he is an author. He is the author of The Purposeful Growth Revolution. So again, Mark, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm not sure I deserve that introduction, uh, but given I wrote it, um, I shouldn't sound too surprised. Uh, But (laughs) thank you so much for uh, your, your kind welcome. I love it. Well, you know, I always like to ask my guests how they got to where they are today. And you have had quite the illustrious career. So talk to us about how it is that you have worked with these major brands and now you're leading everyone in a purposeful growth revolution. Yeah. Well, as uh, was sung years ago, it's been a long and winding road or 
also what a long, strange trip it's been. Um, <laughs> my musical references are dating me. Um, I uh, went to the University of Kansas, mm -hmm. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, as you mentioned, uh, undergrad, and I wanted to be a lawyer. And mm -hmm. so I, uh, you can't major in pre-law. Right. So I uh, asked people who mm -hmm. were in law school or out of law school, what's the best way to prepare me to get into and and, and survive and thrive uh, as a lawyer? And they said, well, you're going to do a lot of reading, a lot of research, a lot of writing, and a lot of critical thinking, a lot of mm -hmm. presentations. I said, great. Um, they said, well, KU has one of the top journalism schools in the country. You thought True. about going into the J school. And I thought, well, no. And they go, well, that's what you're going to be doing. Uh, and so instead of, you know, traditional you know, liberal arts kind of majors like history or poli-sci mm -hmm. or government or something, I decided to do that. Well, along the way, I really fell in love with the idea of marketing communications. Mm -hmm. And ironically, if I went into law, I wanted to go into communications law because I thought okay. there'd be a future in mm -hmm. that. And guess what? There has been. But um, uh, two things happened. One, uh, I had a professor, Dr. Tim Bankston, um, and he saw something in me that I'm sure I didn't see in myself. And he said, are you sure you want to go to law school? Because you're pretty good at this marketing communication stuff. Have you thought about going to grad school instead? And I'm like, no, no, I'm still on this path. I am enjoying this, I will tell you. But no, I've kind of got this goal in mind, a very goal-oriented person. So and then I started asking around people that were in law school, just out of law school, people who had their name on the door. Nobody seemed happy. And so I'm like, well, no one's talking me into going into right. being a lawyer. And yet someone has really put their arm around me or in Jayhawk world, their wing around me and uh, said, you know, you should probably go to grad school and you should go to Northwestern where mm -hmm. they teach it the best. And I looked into a couple other schools, got into Northwestern. And lo and behold, the professor, Dr. Don Schultz, uh, came up with the concept of integrated marketing communications, mm -hmm. as we know today, IMC. Right. And I believe Colorado has an IMC mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I learned at the feet of the master, Don Schultz, integrated marketing communications. And then I went into first the agency side mm -hmm. and then kind of on the, the, the brand marketer side. Mm -hmm. uh, I was with Pizza Hut when PepsiCo owned us. So I got the mm -hmm. training of PepsiCo. Um, within the tremendous cultural environment of Pizza Hut. And then uh, I had a chance to um, go to Chicago, was at Leo Burnett, working on McDonald's business, mm -hmm. a big chunk of their promotional marketing business. Left there to go to Dallas, to go to DDB, to head up the whole Frito-Lay business. Mm -hmm. um, and then one thing led to another. I was at J.C. JCPenney uh, in a sales planning and promotion position. I was as a senior VP of sales and marketing mm -hmm. at Universal Studios Hollywood then become the first CMO at the Cheesecake Factory. Ah. Was president of Mimi's Cafe and then came back uh, to Texas and was at Schlotsky's as a CMO, Noodles mm -hmm. and Company. Um, and uh, just a couple of years ago, decided, I love what I do. I love building teams mm -hmm. and I love building brands in that order. But I feel a calling to do something bigger and broader, which led me to the completion of a book that I had started writing mm -hmm. several years ago as kind of a cathartic hobby um, mm -hmm. after uh, being unceremoniously let go from a president position um, where a new brand came in and bought us and cleaned the house and brought in their own team and mm -hmm. moved the office and everything like that. 
So I kind of started this idea, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about, um, mm-hmm. based on um, that kind of life event. Mm-hmm. And you always hear it's darkest before the dawn. In this case, it was true. Right. Right. And this idea came to me as an epiphany on the morning after. We were living in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it was February 21st, it was 2013, so about over 10 years ago. Um, We had a fig tree in our backyard that was barren from the six or seven weeks of winter Mm -hmm. we we do get. And after a fitful night of sleep, after that pretty significant life event Mm -hmm. happened, I get up early and take the dog outside. And Deb, God is my witness, uh, the dawn was breaking and the sun was shining over this wall we had in our backyard Mm -hmm. on that fig tree. And there on the end of one branch mm-hmm. was this tiny little green sprig of a leaf just starting to bud. Mm-hmm. And it was there I got this epiphany that leaf is a symbol of growth mm-hmm. and rebirth. And I took the dog back inside. I went in my office and started banging out a treatment on my computer. Not mm-hmm. only is it a symbol of growth and rebirth, but it is also where all growth happens right. through the plant or a mm-hmm. tree. And so I got to thinking about this idea through the magic of photosynthesis, right? Mm -hmm. That a leaf is a symbol of nature and there are four seasons. And I got to thinking, I had been leading with the rule of threes. Mm -hmm. And And we're taught three is, yeah. Three is a magic Mm -hmm. number, four Mm -hmm. is too many, two is not enough, three Mm -hmm. is just right. Um, But my mantra when I was president of that company was leadership, engagement, and accountability. Mm-hmm. If we do these three things, we're going to turn this brand around. Right. We're going to put a new mm-hmm. brand positioning in the ground, and we're going to, uh, you know, get money from the, the parent company who was publicly mm-hmm. traded to help grow mm-hmm. uh, the brand, which is what I was recruited to do. Right. But what I now realized is, wait a minute. There are four seasons, not three. Mm-hmm. There are four directions, not three. Mm-hmm. There are four chambers to the human heart, not mm-hmm. three. There are four elements to an atom, the source of all life, not three. Mm-hmm. And I could go on and on with this four play, right. but you get where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So what I was feeling at that time, what, what was missing to me was F for fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I didn't look at leadership, engagement, accountability as Lee. Um, I used it as a mantra with every one of my communications, our recognition mm-hmm. and reward program. I would say, look at Deb. She's... Um, uh, you know, establishing tremendous leadership in her restaurants, or she's um, getting such great engagement from her team members, mm-hmm. or she's holding herself and her team accountable for results against mm-hmm. everybody else in the region. And it was just my mantra. Right. But what I realized when the rug got pulled out from under me, after doing what I was brought in to do and, and having myself and my team all shown the door, mm-hmm. we were working our butts off, burning the candle at both ends, mm-hmm. Um, sacrificing, I can't even tell you um, where I lived and where I commuted to in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to, to have it all taken away mm-hmm. and, and say, well, sorry, it's not personal. It's just business. Well, right. it was very personal. Mm-hmm. And, and so I realized we were chasing numbers for the sake of numbers. And we mm-hmm. were rushing to, to do this great turnaround story. And instead of the parent company pumping capital into us, as they promised, they basically said, well, I guess we'll strike while the iron's hot. We You're so it. good. We're going to we, sell we'll you. We'll see what we get mm-hmm. you know, from it. And they did. And so mm-hmm. it, it it turned out to not be very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And so then it turned into the foundation for my leaf mm-hmm. growth model. Leadership represents the seeds and the roots. Like any mm-hmm. great company, you've got to have strong leadership, mm-hmm. right? And there are four C's of leadership. Mm-hmm. There's clarity. There's connection. There's communication. 
and there's commitment that mm-hmm. all lead to alignment. And, and what we know, great leaders are able to align their stakeholders right. behind an inspiring mm-hmm. vision that wants to get them committed mm-hmm. and engaged. And so the second piece of the model is the trunk, the branches, and the system of nourishment, mm-hmm. which is called Sabia. In Spanish, that translates to English is lifeblood. Well, what's the lifeblood mm-hmm. of any organization? It's people. People. So mm-hmm. how do you engage people with their heart, their head, their hands, and their habits mm-hmm. in a way that leads to empowerment? Because we know empowered team members are more invested in the outcome mm-hmm. and they'll provide more um, you know, unsolicited uh, you know, productivity mm-hmm. because they're really bought in. Right. And then that moves on to the, the leaf and the fruit of a tree, mm-hmm. the accountability. Right. What that fig tree in my backyard only knows how to be a fig tree. Mm-hmm. That's its outcome, mm-hmm. right? And that's achievement. So you look at the four O's of accountability, which are outcomes, measuring what matters most. Mm-hmm. It's obstacles. What happens when mm-hmm. your plans mm-hmm. go awry? Oh, I don't know. Anyone remember COVID? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> your outliers. Mm-hmm. Um, which are those people you can learn from, best practices that can mm-hmm. help you do what you currently do to the best of your ability, and obsolescence, which you want to avoid right. by putting a process in place for innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, who remembers uh, you know, Circuit City today and mm-hmm. um, even Blockbuster Video, mm-hmm. high flyers in their day, right. maybe even Kodak. How mm-hmm. about BlackBerry? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of companies that were number one in their categories right. for a number of years are even on the stock exchange mm-hmm. today because they couldn't see around the corner. They didn't have a process of innovation that would right. go where the puck is going versus they were skating to where it was. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you have fulfillment, which is essentially the ecosystem, the sun, the soil, the rain that allows that photosynthesis mm-hmm. to occur. So think of it as the culture of an organization that provides okay. that nurturing environment mm-hmm. where people can be the best version of themselves, like that fig tree. If it's mm-hmm. planted in the most fertile environment, it's going to grow strong and tall. It's going to bear fig leaves mm-hmm. that will continue to bear fig fruit. Mm-hmm. And then what's really cool for this model is that not only is that fig fruit uh, suitable for sustenance for people and animals, but inside there are seeds. It is a seed. That mm-hmm. you can scatter for future mm-hmm. growth. And so that's this idea of revolutionary mm-hmm. um, in terms of my purposeful growth revolution mm-hmm. and how I got to where I am today. Mm-hmm. I love that because it is it does incorporate everything and 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 I think especially the fulfillment part because how yes. many times do we talk with someone and they say you know they're they're doing their job because it's their job yeah you know and, and well what do you get out of it a paycheck I mean you know they they don't say it makes my soul happy yeah um now you know the paycheck is important we get that yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But you know, we also need those other things for people to truly be fulfilled. Um, you know, and 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 it is the the other nourishment pieces of yeah. it. You know, so that the the kudos. Um, you know, I was listening to a program on the radio the other day, and they were talking about millennials. You know, and I love it. You know, all these people make fun of these millennials, and I'm like, well, y'all raised them. I don't, you know, you know. <laughs> but they were saying, you know, that giving them a raise is not always, or even a promotion, you know, the title, all of that stuff. It's not always what they care about. What they care about is if you say, Hey, Mark, you did a great job today. You know, and, and, and that, that, that personal 
thing is what they can now, you know, yeah, are they happy with the the raise and all that stuff? But what they crave is to be told they're doing a good job. And we actually all crave that, right? You know, when we're learning to walk, good job, baby. Um, You know, all of these various things. You know, we we want the A's in school. We want the the kudos. We you know we were talking sports. We want the touchdowns. Yeah. We want you know the the Super Bowls. All of those things. We want that praise, and and that's kind of that fulfillment part. That that nurturing part of of things. Yeah, and I think in addition, that's a great uh, insight and observation, Deb. But I think in addition to that, um, I think people want to feel like they're doing more than mm-hmm. just punching in and out of clock right. and getting paid every mm-hmm. other week. Mm-hmm. And working for the weekend, mm-hmm. they want to feel like their work has mm-hmm. meaning, right? Or what I call purposeful growth. Mm-hmm. And so, um, being part of something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. So, I have twenty-five-year-old twin daughters um, who are right on the cusp of Gen Z and millennials. Mm-hmm. And I can guarantee you, their expectation—they're both whip smart. And I don't mm-hmm. know where they got that from. Clearly, their mom. Their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they have such a different expectation of work mm-hmm. than we did when right. we were growing up, mm-hmm. where the, the command and control style of management, mm-hmm. um, and I'll say management, not leadership, because mm-hmm. I don't believe that's leadership. Right. I believe that's management. Mm-hmm. Words matter. And we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that in a minute. But we, we tolerated it because we thought that's just the way right. the world works. That's the way our parents yeah. who were, and, and, you know, the, the now we're right at the end of baby boomer. Um, yeah. But our parents were baby boomers, um, yeah. and you know, and and that was what they, you know, you went to work. It's the old donut commercial. Got to get up and make the donuts, right? <laughs> Time to make the donuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. You no, know, we it, it was life was very linear. It was go to school, get good mm-hmm. grades, get your first job, mm-hmm. get promoted, or get mm-hmm. your second job, get married, have kids, put a little mm-hmm. money away for college, and somewhere mm-hmm. around the age of sixty-five, right off in the sunset with a gold watch. Mm-hmm. And that's not the way it is. No. And, and that's a bit of a myth. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's the way it ever was, but that's mm-hmm. what we were taught mm-hmm. was our kind of linear lifespan. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's all over the board. And that's right. where this Venn diagram with mm-hmm. four circles that I use throughout mm-hmm. my my book is, a, it, it's like the four seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. So March 21st, if I'm not mistaken, is the first day of spring. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I now live in Kansas City, and I guarantee you it doesn't feel very spring-like. On no, March it's a little nippy there still. Mm-hmm. Versus when I lived in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. very much felt like spring. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole year almost feels like spring. Right. That's beside the point. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's overlap, mm-hmm. right? And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's the same thing with, with our lives. Mm-hmm. We go through different seasons of our right. life. But we don't just usually go through one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. You're, we're, we're whole people. Mm-hmm. And so I look at um, the Simon Sinek model of start with why. Mm-hmm. And this whole notion of why you do what you do mm-hmm. is more important to people than how you do it and even what you do. Mm-hmm. And while I buy into that philosophically, I think he's missing the boat on the front end, which I believe we should start with who mm-hmm. and specifically who right. we serve. Mm-hmm. And we serve four different realms mm-hmm. if we're like most people, mm-hmm. spiritual, mm-hmm. relational, mm-hmm. professional, and personal. Right. We're, whole, we're whole people. Mm-hmm. And we need to feel safe bringing our whole self into the workplace versus mm-hmm. in my day, it was like, don't bring that personal crap in here. Oh, yeah. Your Ooh, nose to the grindstone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about feelings or anything. Mm-hmm. I just want to get the work done. And we mm-hmm. got to hit our profit goals or our sales goals or whatever they are, right? So the new world of work is changing mm-hmm. on purpose. Right. 
And COVID really gave us a time out, almost, mm-hmm. you know, an opportunity to be really deeply reflective on what mm-hmm. and, and may, maybe more so who is more, most important in mm-hmm. our lives. And so we heard about the great resignation mm-hmm. where people were leaving their jobs in mass, mm-hmm. which I call the great repurposing, mm-hmm. um, because, uh, you know, the Sloan School of Management at MIT did mm-hmm. a study of 34 million people that left the workforce during COVID and asked them a simple question, why? Mm-hmm. The number one stated reason by over 10x over the second most stated reason was toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the old broadcast news movie where the guy's shaking his fist. I'm mad as hell. Right. I'm not going to take it anymore. Mm-hmm. We all got a sense of mortality. Mm-hmm. Maybe we got sick ourselves or a family mm-hmm. member, or maybe someone was hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone we know or love died as right. a result of it. And mm-hmm. it, it became real to us. Mm-hmm. This isn't a red or blue issue. This mm-hmm. isn't the United States issue. It's a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. And we were sheltered in place. We didn't know what we didn't know. We got mm-hmm. all these daily updates. Everyone's trying to figure this out. So it made us really deeply reflect, mm-hmm. you know, as this stuff abates, do I want to go back to that right. toxic What is next? Mm-hmm. No. And I want to go where um, that I feel more purposeful. Mm-hmm. So um, let me give you a couple stats um, that, that I point out in my book and also on my website. Mm-hmm. There is a group called the Science of Purpose. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine they study purpose and it's mm-hmm. important and its impacts. Uh, it said individuals with a connection to their purpose experience 63 point, 63% Increase in wealth, leadership, effectiveness, and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. They learn twice as much. They're four times more engaged and are 175% more productive. That's almost two people worth. And so you say, that's great for individuals. What about companies? Right. Well, they went on and said engagement, or I'm sorry, uh, purposeful companies experience higher margins as purposeful firms are 30% more innovative. Mm-hmm. And get this, 73% of customers will switch to higher purpose brands and be willing to pay more for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And their higher levels of retention and tenure, which we know it's a major issue in the mm-hmm. labor market today, and have 54% more fulfilling work relationships, mm-hmm. which Gallup tells us is one of the um, you know key determinants of mm-hmm. engagement in mm-hmm. the workplace. And so when we think about this idea of quiet quitting, Mm-hmm. And engagement is 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 wrapped around that, and Gallup right. is the because king. quiet quitting is lack of engagement. Exactly, and and they do a state of the workplace study every year, and for last year they showed that um, you know in, uh, in team members, and I hate the word employers uh, or employees, but that's what they use. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about words matter in a minute. Um, they're saying that thirty two percent of employees are considered engaged, which is down two percent versus prior year. are considered actively disengaged. Mm -hmm. That's up 2%. Right. So widening uh, to Mm -hmm. where 50% are in that murky, mushy middle. Mm -hmm. And so what are we missing? Mm -hmm. And and this is really important. Clarity of expectations. Mm -hmm. What am I supposed to really be doing? Right. Connection to the mission or purpose of Mm -hmm. the company. Mm -hmm. I want to be connected to something bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. Get this. Opportunities to learn and grow. I don't want to just you know, do what I'm currently doing. I want to learn. I want to grow. Mm-hmm. And then opportunities to do what employees do best and feeling cared about at work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are the consistent areas that are disengagers mm-hmm. and is a simple way of turning that around. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what that is, Deb? 
No. Would you like to know? Of course. Well, my thesis uh, with the Purposeful Growth Revolution, or at least one of them, is to help um, put the human back mm. in human resources. Right, right. And to These do that, are not assets. They oh. are employees. Well, I'm going to say they are team members. And yes. I'm going to unpack some words matter mm-hmm. here in a minute. Right, because employees with, is kind of, yeah. It's like someone who just draws a paycheck and goes mm-hmm. to work. Right. And, and 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 to your point, mm-hmm. they're seen as an asset mm-hmm. on the balance sheet, right. or you know, line uh, probably the most expensive line on mm-hmm. a P and L sheet, right? Mm-hmm. So to get at the engagement, all we need is love, and mm-hmm. I'm not talking about love—the kind that's going to get you a quick call from yeah, HR, not the HR. out of the building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, a model that says listen, observe, mm-hmm. value and empower. Mm -hmm. So listen to what they're saying, Mm -hmm. ask good questions to also unearth what they're not saying. Mm -hmm. Again, we're whole people. We may have a a kid that's sick that needs surgery. We're worried Mm -hmm. about that. Uh, We may be worried about this impending recession we keep Mm -hmm. hearing about, or is AI going to take over my job Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it may be. And so if you're a leader, not a boss, Mm-hmm. A leader. Because they are very different. Very different. A boss is someone who earns that title of boss, and it's mm-hmm. only on their business card because they were given it. Mm-hmm. And it's a temporary title at best if they truly are a boss. Mm-hmm. A leader is a title that's earned every day right? by your actions, by your mm-hmm. words, uh, and by your own uh, servant leadership. Mm-hmm. So how do we listen to our team members as whole people? Mm-hmm. Then how do we observe them? And by observing, I don't mean just watching and waiting for that mm-hmm. dreaded end of the year performance appraisal mm-hmm. where it's kind of a gotcha. No one likes them. No one does them well. Mm-hmm. But observing as someone like a football coach would do. Mm-hmm. Now, I live in Kansas City, home of the world champion. Yeah, yeah well, you got Patrick. Huh. Yeah, well, we also That's have That's all right. I had, I had Elway and, and... I remember. Mm-hmm. Painfully, I'm aware of that. Yeah, but Elway and Peyton. Mm-hmm. I think it's been 15 games in a row that Casey's beaten the Broncos, but, but I digress. But Andy <laughs> Reid is one of the top coaches in mm-hmm. the sport. Mm-hmm. He doesn't wait for the end of the season right. to coach people. It's yeah. every day. Every day. In mm-hmm. every practice, with every coach on the field, not on mm-hmm. the sidelines, on the field, in mm-hmm. film sessions. So mm-hmm. how can you observe your team member after you know, because you've listened Mm -hmm. to what they're going through, what Mm -hmm. they want, what their goals are, Mm -hmm. and then how do you help get them there by Mm -hmm. coaching and leading Mm -hmm. and then valuing them as Mm -hmm. a whole person, right? you know, and, and, and that means, um, you know, not only recognition and reward, whether Mm -hmm. in person or in Mm -hmm. private, like you said, that's one thing, you know, millennials Mm -hmm. and Gen Z really, they, they crave that, you know, that kind of pat on the head of you're doing a great job Mm -hmm. more than that. But if you truly value them, wouldn't you want to give them learning opportunities? I I, I mentioned one of the Gallup, uh, you know, D engagers, if you will, Mm -hmm. is opportunities to learn and grow Mm -hmm. and do what they do best. And then make sure that uh, they're connected to the mission and purpose of Mm -hmm. the company. And so if you value them, you would give them the opportunities Mm -hmm. to learn and grow because at the end of the day, you as a leader work for them, mm-hmm. not right. the other way around. Right. And, and finally, valuing them can yeah. also mean giving them constructive criticism. Oh, of course. That that would happen during the observation coaching mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And then finally, empowerment is be the wind beneath their wings. Mm-hmm. Maybe you give them a special project right. and you give them some parameters, but not mm-hmm. too many. 
and you let them come back to you Mm -hmm. with what they like to do, what Mm -hmm. their issue they're trying to solve is, Mm -hmm. what their time horizon is, and most importantly, what resources do they need from Mm -hmm. you as the leader to make sure they're empowered to be their very best. Mm -hmm. Again, like that fig tree in my backyard. Mm -hmm. How do we make that fig tree uh, be in a, you know, uh, in an environment, a mm-hmm. growth environment mm-hmm. where it can grow up into its full purpose as a victory, mm-hmm. much like any human being mm-hmm. wants to be an environment mm-hmm. that gives them every opportunity to grow into the best version of themselves. Right, right. You know, it's it's funny in your book you talk about military and mm-hmm. and the Marines, but of course I was thinking just now of one of the other branches. Be all that you can be. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that one as well. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, it gives me chills, you know, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And I never had the um, uh, the honor of serving in the mm-hmm. military, but I, I respect oh. and mm-hmm. thank everybody who mm-hmm. does as well as their families right. because they all serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I look at that as an opportunity, though, to say that works. That mm-hmm. style of leadership works right. in the military because you have to have a chain of command. You're talking mm-hmm. about people's lives mm-hmm. and you want everybody to come back uh, right. safe, right? This is not what we're talking about in mm-hmm. today's new world mm-hmm. of work. That style of command and control has gone the way of the dodo. Mm-hmm. We used to revere leaders with that kind of management style. Mm-hmm. Going back to uh, Lee Iacocca in the right. 80s who turned mm-hmm. around Chrysler, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe Jack Welch at GE, uh, who by the way, um, annually cut 10% of the workforce because right. we felt like that was a way to trim the fat. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, that's good for you, Jack. Yeah. And they got results, right? right. And so we yeah. said, okay. And we did. We thought that he's he's got this fabulous company. And Salute it was working. and execute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and then Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Now, Steve Jobs uh, has been part of creating and a mm-hmm. large part of creating arguably the most valuable company in the world. Mm-hmm. But if you would go back and talk to people that work for those three people, um, I'm not sure that style would work today. No, they're a little hard nosed. <laughs> we, we could say something else, but we might get in trouble. So how do we um, bring the human mm-hmm. back to mm-hmm. human resources where the C-suite understands that their role isn't just to command and control their right. troops underneath mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. but it's to create a environment. Mm-hmm. Now, I used the word culture before, but when mm-hmm. I say words matter, Deb, I believe the better word, there's nothing wrong with culture. Mm-hmm. But I think the better word is community. Right. Culture may just be a place you merely feel a part of. Mm-hmm. A community is a place you feel like you belong mm-hmm. in. Right. See the difference? Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about DEI. And we should, but we should mm-hmm. do more than talk about it. Mm-hmm. We should act on it because it's mm-hmm. a competitive advantage, not a box checking right. exercise. Yeah. We need to have as many different people providing input as possible. In my book, I talk about diversity in two ways. Mm-hmm. Outward diversity, as most people probably think mm-hmm. of, and inward diversity is how you think, you know, speak and act. What mm-hmm. value do you bring to the right. organization based mm-hmm. on your experiences, your mm-hmm. outward diversity, mm-hmm. right? We all come from different life experiences. Mm-hmm. So how do we how do we meld that within a team environment mm-hmm. to bring the best out of everybody? Mm-hmm. So imagine uh you know, diversity just gets you in the door, mm-hmm. right? Um, equity gives you an equal voice. Mm-hmm. Inclusion gives you a seat at the table. Right. All those are good. Mm-hmm. But if you don't feel like you belong, mm-hmm. you're not right. likely are, to be are you vulnerable the, uh, to do your very token, best. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because you don't want to be in the, you know, uh, rock the boat. You're just happy to be in the room when right. it happened, mm-hmm. to, to quote Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea of creating a community mm-hmm. somewhere you belong, right. that's got to be the new mm-hmm. mindset of leadership. Mm-hmm. How do right. we stop using the word culture and, and oftentimes mm-hmm. incorrectly mm-hmm. or as a buzzword? Mm-hmm. And how do we really come together to create a sense of community where people right. feel loved, mm-hmm. listened to, observed, valued, and empowered to mm-hmm. be their very best? Right, right. You know, and and I, I to me, those are all very important. But empowering, I think, really is one of the ones. And it's so hard because people are like, well, but if I if I let them do what they want. You know, what are they going to do? And, and, you know, it's, it's funny. You had all of the, you know, the, the food companies that you worked right. for. And of course, I've got one of the biggies down here, Chick fil A. Um, you know, and, Chick-fil-A. and, um, I've never worked for them. I eat there as much as I can. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are very much into empowering. And, you know, if you drive up and you, you know, you're, you're going through the drive through, if you say, I want one chicken nugget. They can give you one chicken nugget, um, you know, and and now are they going to try and say, well, you know, they come in a thing of six, but but they right. are empowered to recognize that the customer is is right. Yeah. And and so they will do that. You know, how many times have we been dealing with somebody where we say, but can't you do X? And they say, oh, no, the rule says yeah. or my boss won't let me, you know, and now granted, we're not talking about you know, giving away the farm or, you know, anything oh. like that, because empowerment still can mean telling somebody no. Um, yeah. But it it is also giving them the opportunity to say, let's, let's see what we can do. Yeah. Back in uh, uh, the day when I was uh, working for David Novak, who was the then um, CMO for Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to become, uh, went through the ranks of PepsiCo mm-hmm. and ultimately became the co-founder and chairman um, of the board uh, and CEO of mm-hmm. Yum Brands, mm-hmm. which is Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, KFC, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. right? And he had uh, a mindset that he wanted to create among everybody, which was called customer mania. Mm-hmm. He wanted people to be customer maniacs, mm-hmm. maniacal right. about taking care, and I call them guests, mm-hmm. um, of our guests. Mm-hmm. And so um, giving them the rope to do what is right. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you, most retail people are thinking is transactional. Mm-hmm. It can be. Right. But the best is relational. Mm-hmm. If you're building a relationship, like mm-hmm. I go to um, you know, Starbucks and I go to pour coffee and mm-hmm. I copy. Um, I, I make sure that I um know them by name mm-hmm. and then they know me by name. Right. And now we've built a relationship mm-hmm. and it's more than just a transaction, mm-hmm. like I'm some faceless, nameless, mm-hmm. you know, transaction, uh, versus a living, breathing human being, mm-hmm. like they are. And so when mm-hmm. I use their name and talk to them and ask them questions mm-hmm. about their their work or their family. How are you doing today? I mean, that's an easy thing to ask. It's, it's just being human. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But so often people treat servers or they Mm -hmm. call them waiters Mm -hmm. um, as if they're, you know, non-human. Yeah. Different class of citizen. It's just, it's beyond me Mm -hmm. as someone who's been an executive for Mm -hmm. different food companies that you mentioned um, why you would do that. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, those who uh, earn tips, um, how are you going to get a higher tip? 
mm-hmm. you're going right. to deliver a better experience. Yeah. And do you really want to piss off the person who's given you food? No, <laughs> I, mean, you I, would, I, I would not think that was a good strategy. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. no, it, but it's just, again, when I say love, it sounds so mm-hmm. easy, mm-hmm. but how come more leaders don't do it? Right. Mm-hmm. Because we've all been taught, right? Uh, you know, to mm-hmm. to kind of keep that at home, mm-hmm. uh, just keep your nose to the grindstone. Mm-hmm. That whole that whole mantra. Mm-hmm. And but now uh, there's uh, you know younger people, uh, the, the back end of the uh, millennials, and now the start mm-hmm. of Gen Z, and the mid of that's mm-hmm. called Zillennials. Um, mm-hmm. They're 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 wanting, uh, and especially in this hybrid mm-hmm. or remote environment right. we're in. They're wanting better, deeper communication. Mm-hmm. They're wanting a connection. They're wanting to build a relationship, mm-hmm. and they're wanting to, to to create a purpose mm-hmm. at work that will match the mm-hmm. purpose in their life. So, right. Deb, we we as adults, we sleep a third of our lives, sometimes less. Mm-hmm. We work a third of our lives, mostly more, mm-hmm. and then what? We're going to just live a third. Mm-hmm. So, if we can meld our purpose mm-hmm. at in our lives mm-hmm. in our work. Um, That'll give us time to sleep, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to have a more fulfilling life mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Right. And I, I use, again, uh, so often people throw around, you know, terms. There's there's four kind of key, uh, you know, emotions or outcomes. Mm-hmm. There's fun. Mm-hmm. I had fun at the concert last night. Mm-hmm. It's fleeting and it's personal. Mm-hmm. And then there is happiness, mm-hmm. which could be a little longer term, but mm-hmm. it's also personal. Mm-hmm. And then we get to joy that is more um, longer term mm-hmm. and external. Mm-hmm. I get joy by helping others mm-hmm. and serving others. And then fulfillment is, I believe, to be kind of more mm-hmm. eternal and certainly outward. Mm-hmm. And that is this whole notion that, you know, um, the reason I say purposeful versus purpose is someone says, well, I don't know if I found my purpose. Um, maybe you haven't, but right. you can be purposeful every mm-hmm. day. Because mm-hmm. it's an action word. Right. It's you know, purpose is a noun, and mm-hmm. people and might, your purpose might change. It probably change they does d- depending mm-hmm. on your season of mm-hmm. life. You know, my purpose when I had a young family, going back to those mm-hmm. four realms of who I serve: mm-hmm. spiritual, relational, where my family was; mm-hmm. professional, where I work; and mm-hmm. personal, which is my self care. Mm-hmm. Um, I would spend probably more emphasis on relational, right? Right, because or, you you had to to be there for your wife and your daughters. And if you start a new job and you're learning a new thing mm-hmm. or you get promoted, you're going to put more emphasis mm-hmm. on professional. Right. And then maybe if you got sick, you had a health scare, we, we should be doing a lot more with self-care anyway. Don't mm-hmm. wait for that to happen mm-hmm. because then you're not good to the other three realms right. of service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was a major um, life event or epiphany mm-hmm. that uh, got you thinking that there's someone bigger than yourself mm-hmm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. Well, that 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 realm might be, but they're right. all in that four circle Venn diagram mm-hmm. because we're whole people. Mm-hmm. But in the center of it is purposeful growth, and mm-hmm. it revolves just like the tree rings of the tree mm-hmm. um, are represent the, mm-hmm. the, se- the seasons and the years of a given tree. Mm-hmm. We'll be going through different seasons of life, and often they overlap. Right, and and they change size as you were yeah, saying. It's never mm-hmm. the same size, mm-hmm. um, and and again, some get bigger, some get smaller. But they're all always interconnected. Mm-hmm. They're part of you as a whole person. Right, right. Well, Mark, I'm curious what you think about. Um, you know, we've we've mentioned hybrid and and COVID and all of those things. You know, we everybody went out. Right, you worked on Friday. You were home on Monday. That was very bizarre. Um, 
And there's many companies where people are still working remotely yeah. or having you know a little bit of hybrid. And, and now we're seeing the pushback where mm. people want to be with other people and not with them on a screen. I mean, right. and, and we, you know, I, I, you know, even zoom has said it's employees need to come back into the office part of the time. How difficult do you think it has been to have that engagement and, and things when we were working and, you know, may still be working remotely? Yeah, that's a great question, Deb. And I think we're all still trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, when COVID hit, I was working for um, a company in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I live in Kansas City. and So you um, were remote. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, yes and no. I would commute there for mm-hmm. meetings because we had an office right. in uh, the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And we had some other executives that were mm-hmm. commuting in and even the CEO did. Mm-hmm. So we kind of started with this idea. Mm-hmm. We were, I guess, COVID before COVID was cool. But mm-hmm. um, then when it hit, we literally shut the office down right. and we had ultimately, we sublet it because mm-hmm. we then went remote and right. we had one of the most productive years mm-hmm. I can imagine. And I've been mm-hmm. doing this a long time. New menu uh, mm-hmm. acquisitions of two new brands, mm-hmm. or three new brands, sorry. Um, you know, new kind of vision, mission, values mm-hmm. with this broader enterprise mm-hmm. that I outlined in my book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, b- but we were more productive because, right. you know, w- I wasn't sitting on a plane mm-hmm. uh, flying from Kansas yeah, driving to driving in a car. Or all driving, of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we were more efficient because I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. we weren't in hotels or dining mm-hmm. out and things of that nature. So we were more productive. Mm-hmm. And then we also had um, weekly happy hours. So mm-hmm. we connected as like a family would connect. And I okay. do that now with my family that lives mm-hmm. all over the place, including some in Canada mm-hmm. um, each month. But we did this each week and to stay connected on a mm-hmm. human level. Mm-hmm. We did uh, things during, you know, uh, like Halloween where we had mm-hmm. costumes or people wore bad sweaters, mm-hmm. you know, before Christmas. Or, mm-hmm. But we did fun things and we themed them. And, and then we also did ways where we learned about each other's businesses. So we went really mm-hmm. narrow and deep. So it can work in a pinch, mm-hmm. but going forward long-term, I don't think that's the right best way to mm-hmm. go personally. Right. Now that company has stayed remote and they've mm-hmm. taken on two new brands. And mm-hmm. so that, that works for them. Great. Mm-hmm. But young people need that interaction. Yeah. There's so much that totally. happens say at the coffee maker, Yes. you know, or just bopping past somebody's office and seeing that maybe they've got a new picture of their family that they've yep. got on their desk. I mean, all of those things. And, and you know, you have those remotely. I mean, like I could have a different picture back here behind me and, and somebody might go, Ooh, what, you know, what's that? But the, you lose that intimacy. Yeah. Well, I, I think um, the hybrid model of going in, you know, two, three days a week, mm-hmm. you kind of get your fill of that while mm-hmm. now the other two days you're working from home mm-hmm. um, in the UK, they've been testing a four day work week mm-hmm. um, that actually went very well. Mm-hmm. Um, they saw their productivity even rise and their mm-hmm. profitability even rise. Right. And, and when the test was over, only two companies decided not to continue with the rest mm-hmm. are doing it on their mm-hmm. own. So I don't mean to be Nostradamus or anything, mm-hmm. but I can see the day when there could be a compromise mm-hmm. and we have a four-day work week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, younger people are impacted most. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are coming out of college or grad school um, they need the discipline of a mm-hmm. work environment, somewhere right. to go to every day, mm-hmm. being on time, learning mm-hmm. etiquette, mm-hmm. knowing how to you know speak in the room mm-hmm. at a meeting and how to listen and how to ask mm-hmm. good questions. 
Um, again, I have 25 year old twin daughters and, and one loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in Portland and she's working remotely. Mm-hmm. The other one's in uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and she's mm-hmm. working for a company in Atlanta and working remotely. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult uh, mm-hmm. because you're disconnected from the mothership right. and you're, you're not in those copy uh, mm-hmm. room chats. Mm-hmm. You're not at the water cooler. Not, someone didn't say, Hey, let's go grab lunch and catch mm-hmm. up or let's do happy hour after work. And, and kind of let our hair down because we mm-hmm. just finished a big project. You're out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. And and that's not, you know, going all that well for her. Right. Um, so I just think there's not an easy answer. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to be a very murky gray area. There's going to be some people, you know, militant that you have to be in here. It's our right. way of the highway. And then mm-hmm. you'll see people leave. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's going to be some people that say, I'm going to stay in remote and mm-hmm. I won't even accept a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't allow me to work remote because right. I kind of mm-hmm. like it. Right. And then there are going to be those in the middle who want it both ways. Right. That's where the hybrid comes well, in. Well, and and that's where the true leader is is going to come out yes. because they will know employee A is going to work best at home. Employee B needs to come in. Yep. Um, you know, and and things like that, rather than the, you know the, the the mandates of you will be in every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, you know, and 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 just knowing that comes back to the love, you know, and yeah, and the listening. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I interviewed someone on the program, uh, Summer Turner, and she's absolutely delightful. I've interviewed her several times, and she is an extreme introvert. And that's actually what she works with companies on is how do you deal with your employees who are are like that? And I said, isn't it easier on Zoom? And she said, actually, no, because as an introvert, it gets really easy. Let's just poke that button and turn the camera off or, you know, and and she said, so an introvert will become even more introverted when they're having to to do this remote working. And she said, you know, that's that's tricky um, because, you know, how do you deal with that? It, because they're thinking, hey, this is great. I get to stay home. I don't have to deal with those wackadoodles out there. <laughs> but they're going to be more productive when they are back in the, the work environment. And, and obviously it's, you know, it, you're going to have people on on either side. But um, yeah. but yeah, that the the good leader and and you know and and you know here's here's one of the you know words matter. Yep. That leader might not be the person in charge. <laughs> you know, it might just be somebody else yeah. who notices, hey, you know what? Mark is going to do better if he's in the office. But Deb really needs to be at home. Um, yeah. you know, and and then communicate that. Yeah. I think you know, it, it's still unfolding and then I just mm-hmm. read um uh, literally yesterday a Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. article that published a report um that said um, almost two full days a week are spent um, in either doing email mm-hmm. or in meetings. Mm-hmm. And and so the, the thesis was all about how do we increase productivity mm-hmm. while continuing collaboration mm-hmm. and good communication, right. but without it becoming a time bandit mm-hmm. that is sucking our, our, our mm-hmm. team members' lives, you know, mm-hmm. blood dry. Uh, because have you ever met someone and said, you know, uh, Deb, I wish we had more meetings. Yeah, I can't wait to go to that meeting. <laughs> you know, I, I just, this meeting is so good. I wish it would never end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. no so never. I've got a whole section in the book that talks about 
um, you know, meeting productivity, you mm-hmm. know, inviting the right people, not mm-hmm. everybody who's remotely connected to a mm-hmm. project, but the right people who could make a decision mm-hmm. in the room right. and make sure that you have an agenda mm-hmm. in advance and he pre-reads in advance so that mm-hmm. people come in a productive manner. And then you have someone who's taking good notes mm-hmm. and then you leave time for questions and mm-hmm. uh, recap at the end. Mm-hmm. So what did we agree to, mm-hmm. you know, and then who's got what right. uh, elements next and mm-hmm. when does it do before we come back mm-hmm. together? And it's not hard, but it's a discipline that so many people mm-hmm. just, they, they get off on the wrong track, the mm-hmm. meeting meanders, and by the end of it, they just want to go. Right. And so, the, and, and they forgot why they were there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you have to have a stated purpose for the meeting mm-hmm. and a desired outcome. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be on the agenda mm-hmm. before it goes out, right. as, as, along with you know any pre-read materials. Mm-hmm. So someone comes in, like, I just read this report or this. Mm-hmm concept ahead of time. So I'm not going to be learning about it for the first time. Mm-hmm. That way we can get maximum participation mm-hmm. and maximum value mm-hmm. out of that time together. And whoever said, well, a meeting has to be at least an hour because right. that's what my schedule says. Mm-hmm. Why not, you know, 20 minutes? Why not right. 40 minutes? What, mm-hmm. what What is the magic of an mm-hmm. hour? And so if people thought about that and really prepared mm-hmm. in advance, then they could give people back mm-hmm. the gift of time that they're mm-hmm. so, you know, they're so craving. Right. Right. I want to talk a little bit about uh, something that you have on your website. You have a free self-assessment and we'll put a link to that in, in the show notes, Yes, but talk to us about that. And I took it. And so it was very interesting. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, if you're thinking about taking it folks, it took me five minutes. I mean, yeah. you know, um, this was not anything that, that, you know, was, was a long drawn out test type of thing, but talk to us about that. And, and, what is it that people are going to learn from it? Well, they're going to learn a lot about themselves. And mm-hmm. so it's a purposeful growth self-assessment. Mm-hmm. So as Deb mentioned, it takes about five or six minutes. And when mm-hmm. you're done, you can immediately download a customized report with right. your scores. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. And mm-hmm. you'll get four seeds for growth mm-hmm. from yours truly mm-hmm. that are designed to help you uh, in each of the areas mm-hmm. that the questions ask. Mm-hmm. So it's broken up into four sections that follow the four sections of my book. Mm-hmm. It's cultivating your field for purposeful growth. Mm-hmm. And I live in Kansas and so we know a little something about agriculture. Yeah, just you, a little bit about cultivating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't rush right out and plant a seed. You mm-hmm. cultivate the ground first. Mm-hmm. You make sure it's ready for growth. So the mm-hmm. first section is kind of getting a gauge mm-hmm. of where are you on this concept mm-hmm. of purposeful growth? The second section is about planting your seed for purposeful self. Mm-hmm. It's all about you. The third section in the media section is growing you forward for purposeful work. Mm-hmm. And that four means the leaf model. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you with regards right. in your organization mm-hmm. with regard to leadership, engagement, accountability, mm-hmm. and fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? And then the final um, section is about scattering your seeds for mm-hmm. purposeful life. Right. So you kind of go through the four seasons mm-hmm. approach and it gives you a benchmark of where do you stand in each of those areas? Mm-hmm. Are you aligned personally and are you aligned with your company? Mm-hmm. Um, and do you have, you know, an environment where you can grow into the very best mm-hmm. you you can be? Mm-hmm. And so then I also have developed uh, for brands a purposeful growth brand assessment Mm -hmm. that takes this individual approach, but then melds it into the brand approach. And that's where I'll do consulting and reach out to Mm -hmm. organizations and get them aligned. Right. So what they think they're doing well and what their team members are saying they're doing well, often. Often aren't the same thing. The same thing. Mm -hmm. 
And so uh, being able to have that listening ear and being under, mm-hmm. you know, able to create that sense of community, mm-hmm. you want alignment mm-hmm. between your team members. And, and think about uh, a brand. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we'll say, well, there's just one brand. It's the brand that, uh, you know, is customer facing mm-hmm. and the end user or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's actually four brands, Deb. Mm-hmm. The first one is what we're really now starting to explore. Mm -hmm. It's always been there, but we've never given it credence is one's personal brand Mm -hmm. that asks the question, who am I? Mm -hmm. The second brand is the internal brand, Mm -hmm. which is the collective group of individuals Mm -hmm. into the team, the internal team, Mm -hmm. which asks the question, what do we stand for? Mm -hmm. The third brand is the external brand Mm -hmm. that is guest facing, community mm-hmm. facing, uh, media facing, et cetera, which asks the question, what value is exchanged? Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, every business is about a value mm-hmm. exchange. What do right. I get for what do I pay? Mm-hmm. And then the final one is now, again, taking a lot of uh, precedence given the labor situation is the employer brand. Mm-hmm. And that asks the question, do I belong here? Mm-hmm. So all four of those are intertwined, like the four-circle Venn diagram, mm-hmm. all around purposeful growth. Mm-hmm. So how do we align the personal brand of each individual and let them be who they are, mm-hmm. but ensure that their purpose aligns with mm-hmm. our company or brand purpose, mm-hmm. the internal brand, to make sure that collectively we are working together as a team mm-hmm. and uh, you know standing up for what we stand up for together, mm-hmm. you know, locked uh, arm in arm. And then, of course, our uh, external brand Mm -hmm. is that value being exchanged Mm -hmm. in a way that's putting us in a positive light. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier, would somebody um, switch brands because of what we stand for? And even pay pay more? more? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And then we get into the, you know, employer brand. How do Mm -hmm. I recruit people in this tight labor Mm -hmm. market and and make my purpose be a tiebreaker? Mm -hmm. And and so then that perpetuates that whole... um, you know, four brand mm-hmm. cycle to where it ultimately comes across as one tight fist. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and of course the problem comes when those are at, at odds with each other. And yes. I think we see that a lot of times where what happens internally is not what happens externally. Um, you know, and, yes. and uh, one of the, the ones that, that I'm thinking about is uh, the, the singer Lizzo who, you know, wow. her outward brand is inclusivity. You know, she is, is a gorgeous, curvy girl. And, um, you know, and, and she she owns that. But then, you know, people are suing her saying that's not what's going on internally. Um, you know, internally, she's, she's you know, she, she makes fun of us. She makes us do stuff we don't want to do, um, you know, from in, in bad ways, uh, yeah. you know, because sometimes your employer says, hey, you got to do that. And, you're like, and, you know, but, but um, yeah. And so her external brand is not matching her internal brand. Yeah. Um, now, could it be those people want attention? Sure. Um, you know, I mean, you, you always have that, but you know, she's, there's already been fallout from this for her. Um, I saw that, you know, some, some events that were going to feature her have been canceled and, um, you know, and, and we see that we, we see that obviously with individuals a lot with actors and, and things like that, but your company can have that too, where, you know, uh, you know, thinking about toxic work environment, right? That's what I was just talking Mm -hmm. about is people said, no, I'm not Mm -hmm. going back. That's the the number one reason Mm -hmm. for me, you Mm -hmm. know, leaving my, you know, environment was Mm -hmm. it was toxic and I don't want to go back Mm -hmm. to that. And I don't have to. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So that's you know, a great and, example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's interesting because I think we had a lot of I don't have to's who are now thinking, oh, I might have to, <laughs> you know, because, they're, you know, and, and because, it, you know, we, we did have the great resignation. And then I think people might be thinking, well, um, but, you know, but I'm, I'm not saying they have to go back and accept what's not going to be good. Um, right. you know, yeah, but I think, they, they, yes. yeah, they're, you yeah. know, they, they might be kind of rethinking a bit and go, okay, well, the, you know, 99% of what went on there was good. So I can, I can live with that. Um, yeah. But they're not going back to the same place they left off. Right. They're, they're, they're saying, look, mm-hmm. um, I left that for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you know, this what was a side hustle mm-hmm. or whatever right. reason couldn't mm-hmm. sustain me as my main hustle. Mm-hmm. So I need to go back in the mm-hmm. corporate world, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be more choosy right. as to who I select mm-hmm. because the job market is such where mm-hmm. You can be. You can be. Oh yeah, yeah. And so there, there, there's a, there's a, you know, a switch toward again people moving toward more purposeful companies, mm-hmm. and you know, you hear so often, what does that mean? And you know, to the bottom line, at the end of the day, we're a publicly traded company, or mm-hmm. we're we're all about profit. Well, it's not purpose or profit; it's mm-hmm. purpose and profit. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've got reams and reams of mm-hmm. data, much of what I said, you know, put in the book that suggests that profit comes as a result of purpose Mm -hmm. because it's all part of that ecosystem where if you think about the four key stakeholders, there's your team members. Mm -hmm. If you have purpose, you're going to attract and retain Mm -hmm. and get them to be more engaged. Your customers are going to, again, leave the other brands Mm -hmm. and come and even spend more because of what you stand Mm -hmm. for, not just about your product or Mm -hmm. service. There's your business partners or business uh, stakeholders in that whatever ecosystem Mm -hmm. you're in, suppliers, distributors, maybe investors, mm-hmm. and then there's a the community. Mm-hmm. And then again, that those four stakeholders right. are in that four circle Venn diagram, mm-hmm. all revolving around purposeful mm-hmm. growth. I love it. Well, oh my gosh, Mark, this has been such a great discussion and, you know, we need to do it again because it's, it's important. I think it's very important, um, you know, for, for people to be thinking about, um, but you know, tell us how people find you. You know, we mentioned the book, The Purposeful Growth Revolution, um, you know, and, and but tell us how they find you and what are the services that you provide? That's great. Um, you can uh, get my book, The Purposeful Growth Revolution, Four Ways to Grow from Leader to Legacy Builder. And um, we didn't even talk about we that. We didn't even get into legacy, mm-hmm. which is a really cool topic. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk uh, more about it, um, hit me up on LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. let's start a conversation. Uh, my website is uh, markamears.com. Don't mm-hmm. forget the A. It's on my book. Um, I couldn't get markmears.com. Someone already has it. Um, so I'm not being pretentious by using mm-hmm. a middle initial, um, but it's markamears.com. Mm-hmm. And there you'll find the purposeful growth self-assessment. It's mm-hmm. free. Again, it takes about five, six mm-hmm. minutes and you can customize or download your customized mm-hmm. report immediately when you're done. But then also you'll see there's four ways to grow with me. Mm-hmm. There's the book, so there's reading. Mm-hmm. There's speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a corporate event or a group event or a convention mm-hmm. uh, or sales meeting, uh, I'm available for keynote speeches mm-hmm. and then also consulting. So mm-hmm. workshops. Again, I've got this purposeful growth brand assessment mm-hmm. where I can dig into what your brand or your company is doing currently and help ensure you are aligned mm-hmm. across all four of your uh, brands. And then uh, finally, I'm putting together a very cool uh, e-learning curriculum. Ah. And it will start with a purposeful growth plan, Mm -hmm. how you can meld your 
God-given purpose mm-hmm. with your work purpose mm-hmm. and be more fulfilled mm-hmm. in the two-thirds of the time we're not sleeping. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And again, it's markamears.com. Thank you so much, Deb. Well, you know, this has been absolutely delightful. And I can't wait to have you on again, because like we said, there are things, my notes are, you know, we still didn't cover everything. Um, So we will do that. But do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Yeah. Um, You know, I I try to simplify things. And there was a great movie um, several years ago with Alec Baldwin, Jack Lemmon. It's called Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And Alec Baldwin uh, played a cameo as this um, leader of this organization that was essentially um, dialing for dollars um, and, and, and selling land and, and things of that nature. And he was at a meeting and he gets up at the ESOL and he writes ABC. And he says, it stands for always be closing, which is a salesperson's mantra, always be closing. Well, I shift that C and I say, always be curious. Mm. Ask good questions. Ask the question behind the question. Learn all you can about something so that you can become ultimately an expert in it and then pay it backward to teach somebody else. And I say pay it backward because when I go to Starbucks, I will pay for the car behind me in the drive-thru. I don't know what they're going through that day, but I just feel like blessing them with a cup of coffee or two will help brighten their day. And I can't pay it for the car in front of me because they're already gone. So I call it pay it backward. And then what I find is it creates this ripple effect where it follows the law of reciprocity, Deb, which says if someone does something nice for you, you feel compelled to do something nice for someone else and oftentimes in greater measure. So I just leave you with this notion of pay it backward. You know, leave a living legacy. Don't wait till you're dead and buried and bequeath something of value. Create value for someone else every single day. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Well, I've been having such a fun conversation with Mark A. Mears. Um, He is the founder and chief growth officer for Leaf Growth Ventures, and he is the author of The Purposeful Growth Revolution. I'm Deb Creer, and until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.